Blog Talk Radio. About 10 years ago, I got out of the Army. Buddy had told me about Wrestle Club, and I had been watching him for a few years, a lot of what-ifs, what-ifs, and then finally just reached out and and took the invite to start training. Obviously, coming from a military background, you had a lot of physically involved training that you did. Did you have any other background that prepared you for 
professional wrestling, be it athletics or drama or anything like that? Uh, high school was big, uh, big fan of drama. I had had a year of drama in there, and then uh, played football growing up from as long as I could, sixth grade to my junior year. Uh, so yeah, that as it gets other ways to kind of help prep for for professional wrestling. Most definitely. Now, you like I said have been a two-time tag team champion with yep. Chuck Yeager with. Project Mayhem, you primarily in Wrestle Club wrestle tag teams, but you sometimes also wrestle singles matches. How different is it for you to prepare for singles versus tag teams? Classes uh, right there, I guess it's a, uh, ironically, I think it's a little bit easier to prepare on a tag team because with their truck, we we work well together, we mesh well together. A lot of not you know not no you know no, no much talking that need to get done for preparing. Uh, when it's just kind of like a single wrestling, get a little just like preparing. No one is just me. Nowhere that I kind of back up if I slip up or whatnot to kind of help pick that up. <laughs> and when you broke into professional wrestling, did you envision yourself as more of a tag team guy or did you see yourself as a tag team in the like in the singles wrestling and the tag team just sort of became what you were focused on more? Uh just like anybody else, I always wanted to be the, the main guy, you know, the top, the man the man with a plan. Uh, just kind of organically through training, because Chuck and I started Wrestle Club approximately around the same time, and it just our tag team just kind of naturally meshed well, and we just kind of ran from there. Wrestle Club, for the fans that don't know, and fans of this show probably do, wrestles a lot of their events associated with different festivals and different organizations to try to raise money and so forth. A lot of these shows that Russell Club does take place outdoors, and outdoor shows compose a lot more uh, unique circumstances than if you are indoors running a show, especially in Idaho with the weather being consideration. Do you personally like doing outdoor shows, or would you if you had your choice, stay indoors. Um, I love the indoor shows, especially when it's like a not paradox. We do work with a lot of great organizations for local nonprofits and charities. Uh, but I do I do prefer the indoor shows, especially if we're not being paradox, we just to focus on on ourselves and the other, you know, wrestler, wrestlers of Wrestle Club. Uh, but when, when the outdoor shows, they're just special. Like the fans are just a little bit up there, a little bit more intimate with right there and then it just I feel like we got to put a little bit work a little bit more harder work to bring the fans in from whatever else is going on and and then when we get that big crowd John on the on those events it's, it's like a real good feeling to know that we our work is being shown that we are drawing the fans in so there's definitely a lot of pros for, for both type of venues anyone that's ever complained about a venue being cold in my presence, is very acutely aware that Russell Club for a long time did the annual 
potato drop, and it was outdoors on December 31st every year. Sometimes it would get bitterly cold while Russell Club was holding the event. Did you ever get to participate at one of the potato drops? Unfortunately, I never got to participate, but uh, back then I was definitely attending as a fan, and um, I'm not even going to lie, as a fan, those are definitely – you know, the weather definitely was not the best, but with some of my favorite events of show with the guys, you know, putting all their best efforts out in the ring. Absolutely, they did. And if people don't think it's hard to wrestle when it's bitterly cold, when you're wearing just a thin layer of spandex and some boots, they can go out and try it <laughs> if they want. Uh, yeah, I definitely, um, uh, definitely would look forward. I'm not going to lie. Just, I guess to, to earn my stripes, I definitely would look forward if we ever had an opportunity to begin to get get one of those type of shows under my belt. <laughs> now, you have competed very steadily at Russell Club for the last couple of years. Do you ever see a day when you're going to start to venture out and travel to different areas, or are you happy staying closer to home? I definitely love being closer to home, just given the travel and, and work life. But um, I definitely want to try my feet out here as, as, as some of these other lo- other local you know, nearby promotions as some of the other guys do. i just just trying to make sure the schedule matches up with one of the other guys to catch a ride with them. Always a good idea in wrestling to carpool and save some of the expenses. Now, one of the other things about professional wrestling that it's become sort of a hot-button topic is the use of blood in pro wrestling. I know Russell Club rarely sees uh, bloodshed in the ring, but... Sometimes it's unavoidable out there. A lot of people in wrestling don't see blood as a problem if it's used sparingly and in the right circumstances. Other people prefer that blood's never used in wrestling. And then you have the guys that will bleed every single match if they can. Obviously, there are... Uh, commission rules in place in a lot of places that dictate what you can and can't do with blood, but in states without a commission where shows are running on a loophole outside of the commission, it's usually their discretion. Where do you stand on the issue of blood in professional wrestling? Um, I I don't I'm not a big fan of the overuse so like right circumstances, sparingly. That's kind of kind of where I, I, I sit. Um, me, I probably would never be open to doing it, but, you know, just given the business, if it happens, it definitely will work through it. But, no, definitely if it's a planned spot, it, it just the moment just has to be right, I feel, for me. So you're not going to be gushing blood every single night of the week? Oh, no, no. Won't, won't, be, won't be like Ric Flair back in his days. <laughs> I don't blame you there. Well, we have a game we like to play on this show. We call it Word Association. 
I would throw out the names of some people you have come across in your career. First word or two that springs to mind is the answer. Are you prepared to do some word association? All right, yeah, let's do it. All right, first name, Damian Black. Uh, pain in my, pain in my backside. May Lee. May Lee, just rare uh, life, the hard pulse of, of Wrestle Club, getting the crowd ready for, for the matches. El Pinguino. El Pinguino, honestly, that guy, he, you know he busted up Brad Zane. He's not not safe at all to work in the ring. So I'm not a, not a big fan of Pinguino right now. Gabriel Livings. Gabriel Livings? Um, future of Wrestle Club. Definitely a lot of, lot of potential in that kid. Chuck Yeager. Uh, my best friend right there. Can I say nothing, nothing but good words for that guy? <laughs> the Lost Soul Garibay. Uh, Garibay. I don't have the best of words with him. And Damian pulled the fast one to to get our title. So just, just waiting to get a shot back to him and Damian Black to get our titles back. Todd Silver. Referee extraordinaire. I can't think of a, of, of a better ref and, and the black staff. Sometimes his counts are a little slow, but no no better man to be to be wearing the, the black and white. Patrick Holiday. Questionable decisions. I don't I don't I don't like some of his booking decisions, but I guess it's his company. He he does as he sees. A last name, Rick Knight. Is fear. I, every time I see him in the ring with somebody, somebody they have nothing but fear in their eyes. So that, that's kind of the first thing that comes to my mind for him. All right. Well, that wraps up word association. One of the big stories in all of professional wrestling so far in 2024 has been the unfortunate scandal involving Vince McMahon and other people that were in WWE. Obviously, it's not something that happened at the independent level or the other organizations. It, It possibly could affect the entire industry at some level. Do you think that the ramifications of what Vince McMahon's scandal is doing is going to affect the industry as a whole business-wise, or do you think that it's going to be in its own bubble? Uh, honestly, I think there's like a two-part right there, because like, I think it, at first, obviously, it's going to be in its own little bubble in the WWE side, but... Um, Hopefully, I just think it brings to light the hard work that, you know, that the independent, you know, the wrestlers put in and, and, and unfortunately, some of the sacrifices that they feel that they may need to take to, to move ahead. So, hopefully, just kind of like industry-wide, those unfortunate events just kind of brings to light and, we you know, stuff like that doesn't have to happen. 
Well, at this point, I'm going to pass things over to my co-host, the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. Hey, Coach Jones, how's it going? Hey, good. Thanks for your interview. I'm enjoying your story. Thank you, thank you. So, hey, who are some of your heroes growing up? And that includes ordinary life, sports, music, and wrestling. Um, growing up in my real life, life uh, my uncle, who's just always been a positive male figure, kind of, you know, earn your keep, be honest, and whatnot type of deal. So that's definitely big hero in my life, uh, my Uncle Eddie. Um, Wrestling-wise, um, Ray, Ray Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, just I'm a big fan of the, of the WCW days. So just that, that Luchador area, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. Right on. What about in sports and music? Uh, sports, um, <clears throat> big fan growing up as a kid of Jordan, then kind of just, Kobe, as well as an adult, just the hard, again, hard work to put, you know, get championship effort, got to put hard work in there, kind of aided in that military life right there. Got to put the hard work in to, to get resolved. Uh, Music-wise, um, big fan of, of, of the story of Eazy-E, kind of not not the most honest of living, but just kind of built his own empire for his, with his music uh, record company. Okay, and then what's your self-defense background? Um, just my my self-defense background, just essentially the military training, and then the uh, kind of joke around about it, the Martin Arbery Combative Program. Just enough hand-to-hand training to learn how to get myself beat up in real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then in your lifetime, what have been some of your most memorable matches that you've seen? That includes VHS tape, internet, or live. Um, my my favorite, I guess, my favorite live is, to be honest, is the 2009 uh, Tribute to the Troops. Uh, it's just a little bit special because I was actually there in attendance, and during the outro, I'm actually in the little outro video montage for like two seconds. <laughs> uh, so that has to be like my favorite live event, to be honest. Um, and then, um, oh gosh. It would be well, not too too recently, but I can't remember exactly which WrestleMania, but uh, it was one with Undertaker. He came out and they had the the smoke coming out, and they had the the people on the side with the arms looking like they were demons coming out from hell. Uh, that would probably be one of my favorite matches to see, just on pure like emotion and theatrics. Nice. Okay, and then of course we want to know about your most memorable matches. Uh, mine. Oh gosh, that to be honestly, uh, the night Chuck and I won um, our, our first time we got our tag titles. It's just kind of like, you know, that's never imagined I would ever be in here at any point in independent level. So just that right there is just a boyhood dream. That's one more title that I ever thought I would have. <laughs> okay, awesome. Any others that we could look up? Um. So I know they're up there, and I know Wrestle Club is they're catching up on their video library. But um, I just essentially love any match with myself and Evie Kaiochi. Um, I feel like he really brings out the best out of me, kind of pushes me to be to be better. So if you can catch anything with me and Evie, um, that's that's a good match. Uh, me and uh, Massimo, that's 
that's another person that I, I work well in the ring with. Okay, nice. And then what different characters have you worked in, in the business? Um, so essentially the primarily that they been working my uh, training new character. Uh, I do have a secondary character, Mr. Liberty, that comes out kind of as needed whenever we do rumbles or like like um, where there's going to be a lot of kids. Is this kind of character kind of come out, hype the crowd up, you know, red, white, and blue. They always get everybody chanting USA. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And then who are your favorite people to work? As far as I being in the ring with? Yes. Um, again, like I said, Evie Koshi. Um, yeah, I, could just, I could just name everybody up and down the rest of the club roster. I love I love these guys. I love working with, with them. And we're always the best thing to keep each other safe and then just put on the best show. So I can't really just like name one person. Like, I just love the whole the whole roster. <laughs> okay, cool. And then who have been some of your toughest opponents? Uh, toughest? Um, Evie. I've been trying, I've had a couple tries of him to try when he was the uh, potato bowl champ. Um, had a couple um, attempts at trying to take that from him. Um, was very unsuccessful. Uh, but yeah, he, he pushed me to, to my limits. So the definitely toughest person I've probably had been in the ring with. Nice. This next segment is called Favorites. I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is if you drink coffee. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend was just actually making fun about me just the other day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Starbucks, I got an oat milk uh, latte. <laughs> okay, and then favorite concerts you've seen? Um, favorite concert, Dirty Heads, um, big reggae fan, 311. Just, just pretty much any, t- any type of live music. But definitely Dirty Heads is a dis- up on top of favorite concerts. Sweet. And then what about your favorite sports teams in your life? Um, girl, I'm born in Texas, so growing up, I've always been a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, die hard, don't care. Uh, I, it's a vicious cycle every season, but I'm used to it. Um, basketball, I've uh, been a big fan of the Thunder just uh, growing up in Idaho. Follows the uh, the Supersonics, and then when they moved to OKC, just kind of my love just kind of followed through. But if they were to put a team back to Seattle, probably had to go back that way on the basketball side. <laughs> nice, okay. And then who are some up and comers that people should keep their eye on? Um, out of Wrestle Club, um, we have Gable Livings and Alacron. Those are kids, eighteen, nineteen years old. Um, a lot, a lot of potential. So if you're keeping track of Wrestle Club, if you're trying to look up Wrestle Club, anything you can find with those two guys, they are coming along very fast and have very bright futures. Awesome. Okay. And then who are, let me see, what are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Uh, take that leap. <laughs> um because when I when I was in the military stationed at Fort Field, there was a independent wrestling club in there, and I was watching them. Uh, always, they were like, "Hey, you know, look us up if you want to start." And then kind of hit the same thing uh, when I got out of the army and came to Idaho and found wrestling club. So it's just uh, it's just really what you want to do. Take take that lead, go for it. You know, you won't know unless you try. 
Definitely. And then what schools would you like to suggest? Um, I haven't went to any of the professional schools. I've been trained locally with uh, with Reza Club. I heard that Santino uh, brothers are pretty pretty nice. And then I know um, the guys down at DCW, they have a nice little program down there that um, that the other wrestlers and everything I talk about. So this from from what's been recommended to me, and I'd have to recommend those, those two. Cool. Then what do you got coming up, brother? Um, well, here next weekend on the 24th of February, uh, we're going to be at the uh, Expo Idaho Center in Gar City, Idaho, uh, from noon to 5. Uh, we'll be there with the, the Idaho Cage Fair um, starting at noon to 5, a match on the hour every hour. Nice. And then how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook um, under Trey Vino. That's uh, the best way to get a hold of uh, be able to find me, keep track, and then, uh, and then that way you can see when the next upcoming shows will be. And then what about on, uh, do you have Instagram, YouTube, or Face, or, or, uh, or uh, so at the moment right now, just on Facebook, trying to find time to go ahead and get, and get my media built up and, and expand from there. So uh, time being, best way to find me is on Facebook at Trevino. Okay, very cool. All right, brother, I want to wish you all the luck in the world. I'm sure Sign Guy has some more questions for you, and, and thank you once again. I appreciate that time, Mr. Coach. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. You're welcome. All right. Well, Trey Vino, we have another game we like to play on here. I think you're a perfect candidate. We call it Bring On to Choice, Bring On to Funk. I'll ask you a series of two options, and the one that you most prefer is the answer. Are you ready for some bring on the choice, bring on the funk? Okay, yes. All right, here we go. Tights or trunks? Uh, tights. Pin or submission? Uh, let me give it a good beat down, so pin, pin is good. 18-foot ring or 16-foot ring? Uh, you know me, I'm a man, I'm a short man, so the smaller ring's better. It's not as many steps for me to get across. <laughs> Gatorade or Powerade? Uh, Gatorade. TV or radio? Uh, prefer radio. It helps uh, sit down, relax, and clear the mind. Jazz or classical music? Uh, I guess it just kind of depends on how deep a thought I'm trying to get into. <laughs> uh, but I'm just relaxing, probably jazz. Pile driver or power bomb? Uh, power bombing. Boots or barefoot? Um, boots. The last one, TNA wrestling or ring of honor? Uh I would have to say TNA, just a little bit more nostalgic feeling, and with them reverting kind of back to the old labels, it's just a little bit more nostalgic and in the heart nowadays <laughs> over Ring of Honor. Gotcha. Speaking of both TNA and Ring of Honor, we're in unprecedented times in the business where there is wrestling on national TV pretty much every day of the week. WWE has USA Network and Fox right now. 
TNA and New Japan are on Access TV. AEW is on PBS and TNT. You have Ring of Honor on their own streaming service. You have Wow Women of Wrestling on the UPN Network and some of the CBS affiliates. So you can find wrestling at the national level all over the map. Do you have a favorite national wrestling television program? Uh, it's too. It, it, it's really too hard to pick. Just it, it's a great time to be a fan. To be honest, there's that much wrestling. <laughs> I remember just having the WCW and WWE primarily, but uh, I, I can't. I really can't pick because they each have their own different uh, production quality and, and their own and their own little part. Um, I just again, just TNA is just, just kind of glad, just like being able to see everything kind of being a throwback right now, but uh, just, so right now I'm just, I'm just kind of feeling TNA a little bit more than er- over everybody else. Fair enough. Now, Russell Club itself at one point in time was on television in Idaho, and they had a really good program. They also do a lot of live streaming of the events, and they put things up, like you mentioned, on YouTube. Wrestling, when it is being broadcast in whatever form, is usually different than if you're wrestling strictly for the fans that are in attendance. Did you have to learn to be able to wrestle when there are cameras versus when there are not cameras? Or was it pretty much a similar uh, wrestling for you? Um, so yeah, so what we're doing, well, they're always trying to get uh, get our 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 events out on the YouTube channel. So we do have a hard camera that we do work to, towards. So so kind of been that's kind of what I'm used to is having a hard camera to work around with. So that way makes it easier for those that try to put the, the shows together on the production side on the YouTube channel. But I do feel it is a little bit more free, a little bit more easy and relaxing in the ring if we don't have to worry about about the hard cam. (laughs) Now, have you personally delved much into learning how the production end of things work? Do you study how they set up the cameras and the microphones? Do you look at being able to time things to make them fit within a specified time slot, or do you stick to mainly the in-ring duties? Uh, so right now I help a lot on a, on a setup and tear down. I um, haven't gotten much into the production side, but that's definitely something that I've been, been itching in my mind that I, I definitely want to, I guess, just take a leap and ask to where, you know, where I can help and, and learn more on that. Because, you know, more knowledge I have, it's, it's more make, like, more useful I could be to Wrestle Club or any other company if I do venture out. With Wrestle Club, there's a core group there that is very talented and very good at what they do. They, for the most part, have all been... Russell Club originals trained at Russell Club, brought in to wrestle there, and have wrestled uh, 
the majority of their matches with Russell Club, but geography-wise, you don't see a lot of people come in to Russell Club on a regular basis from out of the area. And obviously, if there's an injury or some sort of problem with a performer, there's not a lot of people they can call and get to the show on short notice just because of how geography is situated for them. Do you think that having that core group of guys and having most Russell Club personnel is helpful because of being able to know each other and know how to get around the situations? Or do you think that not having access to outside people is sort of a hindrance at times? I think, you know, having access to other people is always a benefit. But, yeah, those core guys right there, you know, you know and the ones that have been there, you know, the original ones are the main trainers. So um, whenever, like, something like if somebody knows shows or anything, those guys definitely come in clutch because at that time, uh, you know, myself, I still, you know, two years, still consider myself pretty green. So if they're like, we need to put a match on the fly and anything, and definitely confident on working with the core guys, knowing that, we could put a match together and work well just just on the fly if you know if need to be if somebody didn't make it to to an event. Um, obviously, at Russell Club, uh, you do get some outside talent. You've had people like Manny Lemons there, James Ellsworth. Uh, you have guys like Petrov come in. I'm there whenever I can be there. So you do have those outside talents coming in as well. When you're on a show and you have people that you've not worked with before on a regular basis, how big is it as far as adjusting to having new people there if you're going to work directly with them? Uh, I think personally, there's always a little bit, a little bit of nervousness with trying to work with somebody new, just because, like, you know, with our with our main roster right there, we train together, we work with together, pretty much read each other's minds. So I think there's always that little nervousness of nervousness of not knowing the person as as much to kind of have to work through. But but I was seeing whenever if a situation come up, I've always worked well. Try to ask questions. I know when the first time you I've, I've worked with you and fishing the match, I just I had to pick your brain because I just wanted to make sure knowing that, you know, anything that I could learn to, to make my game better, I, I wanted to pick up. So definitely a lot of questions to, to ask whenever get an opportunity to work with outsiders. If you had the ability to bring in anybody in the industry for a Russell Club show, whether they wrestle, manage, referee, no matter if they work for any of the national companies or at the independent level, who would your dream person be to see at a Russell Club show? Uh, my, my my main man, the the OG Luchador, uh, Ray Ray Mysterio. <laughs> and do you know a lot of Lucha Libre? You could. Bring to the table if you got a match with Rey Mysterio. 
Oh, I, 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 I don't, I'm not able to, to move like that right there, but definitely would love to be able to, to try to pick his brain and see what I could, what I could learn to do. <laughs> it's a whole different way of wrestling right there. So we'll have to discuss that the next time I'm in town for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> definitely fast, more, a little bit more fast paced than what I'm used to, but yeah. <laughs> One of the interesting things that has been taking place at Wrestle Club for the last several months is there is an interview segment called Tea Time with Paris, Paris being the uh, color commentator and interview person at Wrestle Club. These have become fairly popular, and they do a good job sort of spotlighting the individuals at Wrestle Club and getting out there who is wrestling who, where, and why. I know you have done a few of these. What do you think of the Tea Time segments? Oh, I, I love the, the Tea Time segments. Um, I think it's a great way to keep fans engaged, uh, keep storylines moving forward, and especially if there's a couple weeks in between shows. Uh, so I, I, I've, I've been a big fan of these, and then uh, working with Paris, she's an amazing professional, makes, makes it fun. Um, yeah, I, I've, loved, I've loved her segments. I think they truly add to, to Wrestle Club. One of the big things that all wrestlers have to do in order to be able to wrestle is maintain their ring conditioning. It's very important to be able to be strong enough and have enough cardiovascular conditioning to safely execute all the moves and be able to keep safety going in the match. What do you personally do as far as training and conditioning right now? Um, definitely should be doing more, uh, but it's pretty much getting the cardio in when I can definitely get cardio in and then <laughs> Just pretty much basic putting the setup from at home. <laughs> In a similar diet is also very, very extremely important, and that goes along with conditioning, but it can also be its own separate entity and problem. What's the diet like for you in order to maintain ring conditioning? Uh, that right there is trying to cut out the, the the eating out. That is probably the hardest thing, truly, because um, definitely don't want to be, especially on show days, have a couple of days of a bunch of junk food in the gut and then try to go out there 10, 15 minutes and put in it all. Um, definitely, I've done, I've done that once, and, yeah, it wasn't fun times. <laughs> I was going to lose my lunch. <laughs> Now, Coach touched on this a little bit, but when you have younger talents, and we mentioned Gabriel Livings and Massimo and a lot of these uh, newer wrestlers, even though you don't have the years of experience as they do, you're older than they are, do you find yourself sort of leading them in the matches and taking 
more of a leadership role, or is it something where the experience level is going to be comparable and there's not really that aspect to your match? Uh, try to, uh, for the most part right there, I, I try to see, mainly be keeping it equal um, and then just been kind of like pretty much storyline-wise. So if if it's something where I, if my storyline got to get pushed forward, that'll be something that I'll more or less take a lead. But if I'm trying to, you know, push somebody else over, let them pretty much kind of take a lead to try to get their spots they want and help progress their story. So I guess it's just pretty much on basis of a storyline we're pushing at the time. That makes perfect sense. Well, there is one more game that we like to play here. We haven't done this one in a while, but I think you'd be a good fit. We call it Fact or Crap. I will throw out a wrestling urban legend to you, and based on your own experience and your own knowledge, you declare if it's a fact or just a bunch of crap being passed around the locker rooms over the years. Are you ready for some Fact or Crap? Let's get it going. All right. Your urban legend is Adrian Adonis was actually fired from the WWF because he had become a slob. Uh, I think that's crap. All right. There we go. Um, One of the things that modern wrestlers have that did not fully exist a generation or two ago is the ability to watch wrestling from all over the world no matter where it is, no matter when the matches were held with modern technology and streaming services and video shares and all of that Wrestling is extremely accessible. Do you think that that gives the modern advantage with all the streaming available and watching wrestling, or do you think it was more of an advantage years back when you had to go on the road and wrestle every night and learn and adapt on the fly? I think it makes it a whole lot easier to to learn now with so much um, of being available. Uh, I just um, just kind of that's what I love to do. Just trying to see, catch as much as I can, uh, see what I can, you know, fit it to to my matches. So I think I I love the fact that it's so much available right now, just for that that purpose of it's easier to learn and and just get more ideas. One of the things that most wrestlers will start thinking of at some point in their career is running their own show, whether it's just a one-off event to have the experience of doing so, or if you're looking at promoting as more of a full-time part of the business after your entering career is done, everybody at some point usually has that thought what if I ran my own show? Is this something at this point in your career you've ever had pop into your head? Uh, no, not not have have popped in at all. 
I think I just popped it in there, though, didn't I? What was that? I said I just popped it in there, though, didn't I? Well, probably, yeah, because I'm just kind of thinking, like, if I could. <laughs> One of the other aspects of professional wrestling that is vital to the success of a company is the ring announcer. They are usually the face of the promotion as far as what fans perceive, whether it's legitimate or not. A lot of fans see the ring announcer as having authority over the wrestlers and being able to right wrongs and be able to make decisions like that. The ring announcer also is responsible for relaying all of the information so fans can not only follow the product, but they can give their money to the promotion in various ways. Russell Club definitely has some good ring announcers there. Who would you say, not necessarily strictly Russell Club, but in the industry, who are some of the better ring announcers out there that you've witnessed? Um... Yes, pretty much. Almost everybody WWE has had out there. Um, little known fact, I don't know how many people know this, but again, my great adversary, Evie Kiyoshi, uh, he goes up to Oregon a lot and does a lot of ring announcing there. So I love watching his, his videos from whenever he's ring announcing or just whenever he's in the backstage practicing. <laughs> Definitely, and if someone needs a Japanese ring announcer, he's got you covered. For sure. <laughs> Not that he is Japanese, but he can do his introductions in Japanese, just to clarify. For sure. Yeah, yes. That's one thing that it threw me off when uh, the first time I saw him practice an introduction in Japanese, and I, I always thought he was just joking on how fluent he was, but just to see him throw it down, that was just definitely a thing of magic. One of the other roles that is often vital is the commentary team, especially, of course, if you have television, you're going to need good commentary teams to provide the voice behind what the fans are seeing on their screen. But a lot of promotions will do live commentary over the PA system, and it is helpful when you have a new crowd that is not necessarily knowledgeable about the product. It helps explain what they are seeing and explain why things are happening the way they are happening if they don't have that knowledge. So having someone that knows what they are doing is very vital. Russell Club, of course, does have that commentary team, and they do over the PA commentary on a lot of the events as well. What do you think of having commentary running while you are wrestling? Oh, I, I love it. I love it. Um, kind of helps, just helps push the story along, especially um, Project Mayhem has a lot of banter going back and forth with, with Paris, so kind of helps us get the heat, whatever, you know, that, that we're trying to get as we banter back and forth. So I love having 
having the commentary right there, and it, I think it's just really helpful in pushing our stories along. All right. Now, when you go to different shows for Wrestle Clubs, like I said, this is a promotion that attaches itself to nonprofits and charitable funds and all sorts of good endeavors around the community. But as a talent, as a wrestler, how involved with the different charities and organizations do you personally get? Um, at the moment, not as, not as much personally as involved as I would love to be. I do, whenever they have terrible campaigns going on, I always I love, love to contribute my part, but just with how terrible Wrestle Club is, it does make me want to be a bit more involved, especially um, like uh, last month or for the elbows of our New Year's Eve that was for raising money uh, for the choir for our local high school. And that was just like, you know, it just makes me want to figure out know, what I play football. So it's just kind of like what made me think of what could I do to kind of you know, help contribute to, to the football program on a personal level. Russell Club is looking for organizations to pair with, and they are looking for sponsors and things of that nature. Do you have any input as far as suggestions and things of that nature that you give to the promotion, or do you leave that strictly to the people running the promotion? Um, I guess I guess at this moment right now, I haven't really like brought anything up as far as it to contribute for any additional causes or anything. Um, just kind of let that be the, to the guys that that plan that. They're super busy, kind of, you know, doing a lot of work and everything, keeping everything running behind the scenes. So I guess I just haven't really put my thought into anything to not trying to be bothersome. But I guess if anything were to pop up that was near and dear, I would definitely would, would bring it up to see if we – if we could do a show or contribute in a way. Now, we talked a little earlier on travel, and you said you would need things to line up as far as your work schedule and being able to ride with the other talents and so forth. But if everything was at an equal playing field and you could go wherever you wanted whenever you wanted to wrestle, is there a certain promotion that you have seen anywhere outside of your area there in Idaho and Oregon that you would most want to go? Uh, well, the, the main place right there is where a lot of, a lot of the other kind of go down there is down in Utah at the DCW. So definitely, uh, that definitely would love to be able to go down there. That's Manny Lemon's area. Uh, would love to be able to, you know, get my feet wet, see how I would mesh, and, and be able to work with with their talent. And a lot of Russell Club talent's gone there, so I'm sure it would be a pretty good fit. Well, it looks like our co-host Dimitri also on here. So, Dee, did you have a question for Trey Vino? How do we have D? 
Oh, yo, hey. How's everybody doing? Hey, brother. Good. Uh, must have hit a button. I was just listening to them. Oh, okay. They're in my morning situation right now. Oh, did you have something real quick? Oh, no, I was just enjoying the show, and I'm always been a fan of Russell Club, so any time the interview session with that, I'm definitely going to be on the lip. Gotcha. All right. Well, Trey Vino, there you go. You got one of the best ring announcers in the country, a fan of you and Russell Club. Nice, nice. I always love to hear this help. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I... Right. Oh, no worries, D. All right, well. Trey, we have a few minutes left in the show, and I want to give you ample time. So if there is anything that you want to say to the listeners, anything you want to plug and promote, be it social media, appearances, merchandise, your favorite barbershop, anything in the world, floor is yours. Okay, yeah. No, just, just uh, yeah, if you guys uh, haven't uh, – Follow uh, Wrestle Club. Follow Wrestle Club. You can from there. You can get our talent as well. So keep track of us and where we're going to be forming, whether it's with Wrestle Club or other promotions. Um, so myself again, uh, first name Trey, last name Vino. If you want to find me on on Facebook, um, definitely a barber. This is funny you say that. I definitely got to plug my buddy uh, Freddie Venezuela, uh, Empire Barbershop in Boise, Idaho. Uh, the dude's uh, uh, dude does amazing work, <laughs> um, but that's yeah, mainly again just really if, if you guys haven't caught a show and love to uh, a great family friendly show, uh, follow Wrestle Club Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Absolutely, Wrestle Club a fantastic promotion, and I'm always. Hugely excited whenever I get to go there. Well, Coach Mike Jones, as we wrap up some things, I bet you got some plugs to get out there yourself. Yeah, I want to thank all the fans for all the support and feedback. And I also got to say that I got coming up on my show, I got Eric Smalls from Five's Most Wanted next Saturday. And on March 2nd, I got Taekwon Bro. March 9th, I got Kingdale Houston. March 16th, I got Matt Sigmund. You guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And I want to thank Sign Guy and the rest of the Turnbuckle Terminal staff, especially QT and JD for creating it and all that you guys do. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Fans, you can check me out on all the social medias, the YouTubes, the Facebook, the Gram. Chicken Bob also available on all of those. He's very active on social media for a chicken. And you can find us here next week. Make sure you tune in to be with us next Friday afternoon. We are closing up our Children of Sports Entertainers Month. That's going to be a good one with the... Tennessee base buddy Wayne's son, Greg Wayne. And then, of course, you can join us here also one week from this very day as we wrap up the month of February, and we do so 
Alaska's Taekwon Fro. So make sure you have plans to be with us. Everybody stay safe out there. Get out there and support all the local independent professional wrestling that you can. Trevino, I want to thank you one more time for being on today. Greatly appreciate it, and I will see you hopefully at some point really soon. Yeah, look forward to it. Appreciate the time, Mazan Guy. And I look forward to seeing you whenever we get a link up again. All right, count on it. And fans, if you have not seen Trey Vino and or Project Mayhem or even Wrestle Club in general, make sure you do so. They are a great company. They do a lot of good work in their community. And Trey Vino is a great talent, doing very, very well in his career along with his partner, Chuck, and his other partner, Brad Zane. So make sure you support them, and we will talk to you soon.